Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, good Friday afternoon. Saturday afternoon. What the heck am I thinking? Jeez, I just came off a holiday. Hey, we want to... Here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, and small mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled their top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. So if that sounds good to you, you want to reach out to me at r.lambertsamuraibizgroup.com. At Samurai, we put the win back in your sales. And boy, today, I got to tell you, do we have one of these business leaders? Uh, he's a good friend, he's a colleague, and he's a reoccurring guest. It's been a couple years now, but I'd like to introduce you to Mike Patterson. He is the president an owner of on-track leadership. And boy, I got to tell you, you want to stay tuned today and take notes because this guy is the real deal. But first of all, welcome, Mike. Thank you, Bob. It's really great to be back here on the show. I really appreciate <laughs> the opportunity and uh, look forward to our time today. I am looking forward to this, buddy, especially after a couple of conversations we recently had and how your business is doing well and all that great advice you give folks. But let's take people back a little bit, reacquaint them a little bit. So did you come out of the womb of Bouncing Baby Christian Boy? Yeah, well, I maybe came out of the womb that way, but then I proceedingly was able to mess that up. <laughs> so like many of us, as yeah. that, that starts to happen is I, I had a strong will, went my own way for a number of years, and you know, really made a mess out of my life. And I, and I always like to say, if I had a checklist on how to, to destroy it, I was following the checklist. And that, that's kind of where I started. And that was really through my teenage years, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And uh, a little rebellion there, I take it. Just you know, a tad. Kind of walking away. But I mean, uh, was you born into a Christian family? I mean, did you have any kind of discipline around that at all or going to church or anything? I did. I was, I was born into a Christian family. Uh-huh. And well, let's just say half of my family was a Christian family. Ah, okay. So Got it was it. one of those where, you know, my mom was a devoted Christian. Mm-hmm. My dad wasn't, which okay. often can create sure. some conflict there. And yeah. so as, as kids, we didn't really necessarily want to go to church and my Mom proceedingly dragged us to church, yeah, exactly. and so that that was a challenge, <laughs> and and mostly for her, you know. I will say that that um, yeah. Well, she had, you know, she was on her bound to get her kids to heaven, right? So that's what she really was doing, right? And and, I, and I'm sure she did by praying for us, and yeah. especially me, and seeing some of the the challenges I had. I'm sure it broke her heart for many years. Yeah. And so, so you got off the track. So those in those teenage years. What? Uh, so what? You went to school. You went to college. Where'd you go to school? Well, I went to a number of schools. Okay. And, um, well, you know, I I finally ended up with a degree in engineering. I always joke that I cram four years of engineering school into eight. <laughs> okay. We know that story. <laughs> yes. But where where it started was Lincoln Land Community College, and okay. that wasn't that wasn't really my plan. My plan mm-hmm. was I was going to in high school to a vocational school. And, but I just started to realize, I, I think there's more. 
And I started to have that stirring in my heart. Mm -hmm. And so I just decided, I thought, well, I don't really know where to go, what to do. So I just signed up to go to Lincoln Land Community College, Springfield, Illinois. Okay. It was the closest community college. And there I... I started, and I noticed that there was a opportunity to run for the student senate. Mm. So oh, I ran, okay. and I got elected <laughs> because honestly, everybody that runs for the student senate at a gets community elected. college gets elected. <laughs> um, so I'm on the student senate, but the first thing we do is Melinda Carlson, the director of student activities at the time. She takes us on a getaway weekend. I'll oh, never boy. forget it, Pure Marquette oh. State Park. And for the first time in my life, I was around people that were working to change the world, believing they could, oh, wow. and just, you know, actively pursuing that. Okay. I, I'll be honest, I had never been around people like that. Wow. And and I have never looked back from that weekend my the rest of my life. So it's kind of a big shift for you. Oh huh? my goodness. And wow. and obviously it was, you know, Melinda Carlson being that first leadership mentor for me. And for whatever reason she saw something in me when there wasn't much to see, honestly, and invested in me. Wow. And you know, to this day, I, I still am appreciative of what she did. Mm-hmm. It, it's not an accident. My first daughter is Melinda Patterson, just to give you some <laughs> idea of I love it. the impact she made. And Wow. And teachers make a heck of an impact. You know, that's why my daughter is a school teacher, and it was because of the impact a teacher made on her. And it's fabulous. I, I, I can't think of a more honorable profession other than healthcare givers, you know, workers too, life and death. But, uh, okay, so we got through that. We get college. You got the eight years crammed in four. You come out an engineer. So what'd you do with that? So, well, where's God in all this? Yeah, so oh, that's a great question because, so um, one of the things that the, through Melinda's teaching and uh, what we did was you started to look at your values. Ah. And then you do, and it's still a tool I use today, and it's yeah. a value wheel. And you, you look at all the areas of your life, your mental, physical, spiritual, you know, your health, all of those things right. are, are on the wheel. And so in a, the personal development process, I was kind of, you know, cleaning them all up, get, right. getting them all to where they needed to be. And there was just that one little piece of that pie, <laughs> that spiritual piece that yeah. I just had not ever really looked at. But once the others were kind of shored up, I had to look at that one. Yeah, and sure. I And I had to just really take a strong look and say, what about this piece? Yeah. And and that's where it's, it, it began. Okay. And then I went to uh, Willow Creek Community Church uh-huh. and, you know, the message there yeah. about where God is, for whatever reason, I was just, I was ready to receive it. I was ready yeah. to kind of embrace it. And, and that's where I uh, really- About when was that? How old were you when that happened? Um, I would say that is probably at least uh, 30 years ago. Okay. So so you were in your 30s at the time? No, you're not 60, late, but... But late, late, late. Late 20s. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, actay, I just turned 60. Yeah. Okay. Very good. <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass <laughs> to, you, but... To be honest yeah. about that. I'm going to share more about those. Yeah. The reflections. Yeah, when the you, reflections. You get yeah. to you know, an age like 60, you're like, wow, okay. Yeah. Um, Let's well, see now. The, uh, how far is that? Right. <laughs> at first, I thought it was halftime. Yeah. And then I started... No, this is not halftime. <laughs> this is way... Well, biblically, it might be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I could <laughs> right. just, just getting started, maybe. Yeah, right, exactly. Hey, uh, so, okay, so that happened. It was pivotal in your life. You filled out that wheel. That was the last chunk of it. And so how did that impact what you were doing? Though, I, You know, when you come to faith, I don't know about you, but that was a big turning point for me. I mean, I, that was just like a big left-hand turn. My world just got changed. Uh, all the perception, everything I was doing up that point in time, it just really made a shift. Now, it wasn't instantly. That was over a period of time because I'm a slow learner. But uh, what was it like for you? Well, it changed everything. You know, it's, so right. 
I started to revolve my life around that. So uh-huh. instead of it being a piece of that pie, right. it became the whole outer circle of the pie that everything right. else was inside. Sure. So at the time, it, it changed where we lived. You know, to, to now we're involved in the church and it was thriving, and and we were very involved. My wife and I, and mm-hmm. and probably there because my wife and I both were at a point where we weren't sure what we believed. And, uh-huh. and it really brought us to believing the same things mm-hmm. and to now center our life around that right. and how we raised our children, uh, even starting my business. So ah, even okay. from there to say, uh, and, and that was one of the pivotal moments, frankly, was I'd, I'd always had a probably a higher risk tolerance than my wife. Mm-hmm. And so even though I had a desire to start my own business and run my own business, I don't know if she had quite the, in my mind, the tolerance for some of the, the, right. the what that was going to look like. Right. And I just really didn't think it was fair to put her that far out of a comfort zone and yep. on edge you know, just for maybe a selfish desire of mine. Yeah. And then I just remember one day, uh, her, she, found, she just said, you know, you've thought this through. Mm-hmm. I believe God is sovereign. Yep. And, and if this is what you're called to do, you should do it. Okay. And uh, that was the freedom, but it was kind of her spiritual faith, knowing mm-hmm. that, look, we serve a sovereign God. And if this is where I'm called and we're called as a family, right. we can work it out. Yeah. Yeah, you can work it out. That's It's a great story, Mike. And and it uh, certainly, like you said, it was a process, right, that you came through. So that engineering degree, I've just got to, you know, we're going to get a little bit more into that and put some meat in the bone because you've made a, a shift from that. But it's not that far of a shift from what your discipline was coming up in engineering and what you're doing now. But uh, early on, you know, in your career, did you get landed an engineering job or what was the first job out of school? Right. Yeah, no, I did. My first job was really a dream job for me. Well, you yeah. could back it up. My Really, my first job was at Sunstrand Aviation as a uh, co-op student. So oh, when wow. I joke, I spent eight years. Partly I was doing things like that, going, working. Sure. I, guess I, worked, I worked my through my way through school. And part of the way I did that was like through a co-op. And so every right. other semester I would be at Sunstrand Aviation. And that was pretty hardcore engineer. I was yeah. around some really, really bright engineers and, right. and really good engineers. Again, uh, uh, you, you just meet these mentors along the way. That was Skip Hassinger. And okay. I just watched him lead and lead these, these, this team of just the brightest engineers you could imagine and working on a project that was state of the art at the time. So I was pretty heavy in, in the manufacturing engineering world with a company like Sunstrand Aviation. Yeah, so, that's fantastic, man. That is really good. Um, you know, the other thing too, that particularly that first career thing, I know for me, you know, when I landed my first job out of actually coming out of the Navy and then getting into corporate world, that was really impactful for me. And to your point also, I really had great coaches and mentors. That was a huge thing. I, and I shout that to the rooftops today. Anybody that doesn't have a coach or a mentor or is involved in, uh, you know, a group like that can can mentor you. Uh, they're really missing out because there's a lot of stuff. Folks, you got to stay tuned because we're going to come back here with Mike, and he's got some goodies he's going to give away today. I'm going to tease you because you got to come back to get the goodies, okay? But I would like to tell you that I'm a proud to welcome Inbound Studio as our sponsor in Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith, uh, Faith Marketplace website. we got some new stuff coming. Marshall Mall, the owner, is a, a mission to help small, medium-sized businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With a vast experience, Inbound Studio builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. 
So as a result of that, the company has evolved to be a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. Go out and check them out, inboundstudio.studio. We'll be right back with my special guests. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, Mike Patterson, the president of On Track Leadership. We left off with a little story about how his second mentor, a guy that influenced him when he were at uh, Sunstrand Industries, and that was kind of an inter- or on and off. So um, what'd you learn from him? You know, what I really learned was the power of a leader, and and Skip was in charge of this team that was a group of kind of eccentric engineers. Okay. I mean, they were extremely bright, and they were working on things that were, you know, again, in manufacturing, just state-of-the-art. And, you know, they all were there because they were so brilliant. I was there just because that was how a co-op program worked. I just It just happened to be part of the rotation, wow. and, and I was gifted there. But maybe I'll just tell a story that yeah. this gives you an idea of, of how the power of, of a mentor and the words they say. And we were in a meeting one day, and so I'm the, the youngest, I'm, not, I'm a student technically, right, right. and all these brilliant engineers I'm sitting around the table with. Right. And, and I had a small project that I was working on, and one of the engineers asked my boss, Skip, about the, the project or some aspect of it. And at that moment, Skip looked at him and he turned to me and he said, why don't you ask my expert? And right then I understood the power of feedback, of, of giving someone a chance to thrive. Because wow. he knew I was ready. He knew I could answer the question. And I, and he, and I also knew that he knew the answer right. back and forth, sideways, right. in ways I never would. Right. But he gave it to me. Wow. And it just, and I knew that after that, I never showed up at a meeting unprepared. <laughs> I was always ready to be the expert, and not because it was a burden of any sort. Is because I wanted to live up just to yeah. Skip Hassinger's a belief in me. Yeah, and so it was so profound in a way that. Wow. And, and you, I, we're talking you know over thirty years ago now. Yeah. And. I still remember it as if it were today. Yeah. And and also that's one of the things that we teach as we work with leaders is that, you know, you, you have no idea sometimes the words you say, you positive or negative, people yeah. are going to remember them, you know, 30, 40 years later. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, those are what we call peak and rule by Daniel Kahneman, uh, Dr. Daniel Kahneman, that people remember those things and they do. And to your point, Mike, and you said it very well. Words have extreme power, and we've lost some of that in this culture that we're in. Let's move on. So you you skipped through all that. Now your first real job was where? So Abbott Laboratories. Abbott and Laboratories. So I started a thing about you know I just wanted to work in the the arena where it was uh, healthcare oriented. You know, okay. it was is more about saving lives and making lives better, and that's mm-hmm. what uh, really attracted me to an Abbott. And okay. also what also attracted me was they had a rotational program. It was called mm. the Engineering Professional Development Program. Ah. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, and it gave me a chance to to look at four different areas, four different divisions over a period of two years. And it also, which I didn't understand at the time, but after finish, I realized how profound it was. I also had four leaders that I reported to. Ah, and so okay. very quickly, it gave me an, an idea 
of how leadership matters mm-hmm. and the power of leadership and the difference between all of those leaders and the effect they had on me, both positive and negative. Yeah. And did you form out then from all the, the, these kind of, I mean, you had a great one with Skip and then you had these other four. Did that help really kind of coalesce, you know, what really comprises a great leader because of those experiences? Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, again, some of them were good. Some of them were well, that's not my so good. I learned, and, I learned more from the bad ones than I did from the well, good ones. You know, and, and I'll share another. My other, yeah. uh, my mentor there was Joan Emmers Jr. And it's interesting. I was just, I'm still in touch with him. I just had a conversation with him. He just, he just wrote a book. And I was just asking him about the challenges that new managers have as they're moving in there. And he, and he said something to me that was, I really hadn't thought about. I mean, he says he said a number of things I haven't thought about, yeah. obviously, but he, he really shaped me because he's just a tremendous leader. And he, he said, you know, you can learn from bad leaders. Yeah, you bet. He said, just not that much. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, it's limited. Well, you, you know, learn what not to do. <laughs> well, yeah, but, that, but that's so limited. He says, what you can learn from a, a really good leader is infinite. Yeah. And he said, find those good leaders and attach yourself to them. If you're new and you're starting out, and I thought... That is really good advice. And, and like I say, I learned from bad leaders, but really, like he said, not that much. You know, I mean, Mike, some things. You, you, you put a quote out, and I, I, this is a, it seems like a good segue into that quote. So why don't you share that with the audience? Uh, it sounds like this is something that was pretty profound for you. Well, I, it may be, in, is the Albert Schweitzer quote? Is that yeah. kind of where you're going? Yeah. yeah and, I, and, and really, it's, it's, I don't know what your destiny will be. But I, one thing I do know, the only ones among you who will really be happy are those who have sought and found out how to serve. Uh, and don't we all know that yeah. you know, kind of in an instinct that when we go help someone, we volunteer, we do something noble, bigger than ourselves, that we just can't help make that feeling good. And, yeah, and that's our Christian faith. It though, is. Really. I mean, it that's is. just foundational to our faith, right? So in this Abbott environment and everything, did you feel anybody that was Christian or were you around Christians in that environment? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and I was, and I really, well, at the beginning of that journey, I wasn't. Mm, right, And okay. so at when I first started, when you're not a Christian, you don't necessarily realize who is or who isn't. Right. But as I started my journey, then, and I moved from engineering, I, I realized finally, I'm just not an engineer. <laughs> you know, you can, you can only fake that so long, and, and I just realized this isn't probably where I can thrive. And, and okay. I started to become more self-aware. I started to do you know, assessments about myself and realize where my strengths were. And okay. I really never thought about it. That's not how I made my career choices or decisions. Right. But I, you know, I started to figure that out and say, okay, so it's not engineering. And so I started to move and I moved to our sales and our marketing areas. And very interestingly, there was a, a guy across the hall from me, Tom McKnight. Mm-hmm. And he was now in sales, but he had been a pastor. He had his MDiv. And, wow. you know, he and I, you know, just by being there and he's just it, it's such a gracious guy and he was open to questions. And so as I, I was starting to go to church and he was very right. he was familiar with the church I was going to. Sure. And I could ask him, I said, you know, Tom, what do you think about this? And what do you yeah. think about that? And, you know, the toughest questions, whatever. But he just was so, so um, well read. He understood his Bible. He knew what he believed. And he was a great person for me to really start to build my faith around and help me do that. That's great, especially in the marketplace at work. 
Isn't that great? Yes, it, it was. Just, I mean, and and it was part of around a sales force. So a lot of times people would come in for meetings. I don't. They'd all come out to the, our, my church with me because you know, I knew who the Christians were, and yeah. you know, many of them were very open about it. And yeah. so it was. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, you know, a great way as I started into my faith to realize they don't have to, they're not totally separate in a way. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that that was the foundational piece for me too is why am I bifurcating my life? You got to be the same person, you know, seven days a week. Why, why do I have to wall this off? And I think that's the other thing too that, you know, uh, and I've heard it many times, you know, um, <laughs> Monday through Saturday, Friday, I'm one person. And on Saturday, I'm somebody else. Socially, I'm somebody else. And I thought, man, that sounds, I, I get tired of that, you know, so. When I came to faith and really started to understand how to be one person consistently all the way through there, it made life a whole lot easier, you know. And I don't know about you, but I just found that, you know, then there then there's this attraction of people that started coming into my life. You know, God doesn't do anything by accident. I mean, he puts people in your path at certain times, and it sounds like that was one of the things that happened for you, particularly as a young Christian, you know, coming to faith, and then getting connected to somebody at work, because oftentimes, you know, People want to hide their Christianity at work. They don't, they don't want to, you know, because they get targeted, they get labeled or whatever it might be. And as the old saying goes, you know, um, you know, they're, they're in church on Sunday and leave Jesus in the car on Monday, right. you know. So, and I know you bring that with you when you when you started. And we're going to get more and dig in more into, I'm just setting this up a little bit for you, audience, because I want you to come back for the third segment and the fourth segment, because we're going to roundtable a mystery subject today in the fourth segment. But... Mike is really going to give you some tips on uh, what all this experience that he's had and coming through that. Abbott, was there anything after Abbott? That was from there at Abbott. I had a great experience. I was able to really, you know, move around the company, starting in engineering, moving to our sales analysis, into our marketing. Oh wow! But, but I had this this longing to start my own business, and right. I didn't want to wake up, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda, and then I just again started a pull a lot of these things together, the great leaders mm. that I had that had mentored me. And that's why I just felt a calling that to go out and encourage people because you've been in the marketplace, you know yep. how few leaders there are. And yep. I don't think it's all by talent. I think it's mostly by no one's been inspired. They've maybe not been around those leaders. They've not been trained. And so I just felt that calling. Well, I think the other thing too, Mike, and I think you'll agree with this. You had some, you know, a big company that had a lot of resources and you did get training, you know, and you, you, you oftentimes they bring best in class of, you know, the secular, from a secular standpoint. But I had that privilege also. I had great, very great mentors and coaches all the way along, but I had a lot of training too. I mean, they really poured in back in the day when they did a lot of it, you know. Uh, and that's why I kind of bemoan today, you know, that you know, companies have gotten away from. I think they're going to have to get back to it, you know, because we got a whole new generation coming in, and you got to equip these these young people. And I know that's part of your passion to be able to do that. So, um, you know, what I want to do here is we got a special offer for our folks, our listeners today. So you got to text me at three one two two one zero zero six zero three with the keyword achiever. Mike, where are they going to get? Bob, they're going to get a profile, and I've mentioned it a couple of times, different profiles, different ways that have helped me really center on where my strengths are and, and maybe where I should be investing more of my time and my energy or realizing where I need to strengthen up some things to achieve what I'm trying to achieve. So okay. I'm going to offer that up for okay. five of your listeners is the Achiever Profile. Okay. And so that's, that's what they'll get. Okay. So five of you out there that text me with the keyword Achiever are going to get a uh, download of this, right? So we give them the URL, get a download of that thing. So that's the key. You're going to have to 
Text us at 312-210-0603, keyword achiever. And we're going to make sure you get that assessment in your hands. And it's fabulous. How many pages? What's that spit out, that achiever? It's profile. about 10, page of, 10 pages that you really yeah. give you an idea of your, your capacity oh, wow. and your, some of your personality attributes. And so very good oh. profile, very helpful. I've just seen it really help many people. I love it. Get out there also at faithmarketplace.com. Uh, we got some really exciting stuff that's coming up. We uh, tipped it last week in the last week's show that we have a new website that we've launched. Uh, those things are coming and also some really special stuff that we'll be announcing here uh, in a couple weeks. So stay tuned. I'm going to be right back with a special guest, Mike Patterson. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, again, we're back here with my special guest, Mike Patterson, uh, on a repeat visit and a great colleague and friend and, and brother in Christ. He's the president of On Track Leadership, and we're going to dive into that. You heard the story there. He's at Abbott. He's kind of getting that entrepreneurial itch. Uh, Mama says, you know something? I believe you in this. God ordained, and so you stepped out into that wide world of entrepreneurialism so tell tell us tell our audience what happened then <laughs> yeah so um, and i always i always think back it's like wow if i would have known what i know now I, I probably wouldn't have done it you know but i again i didn't want to wake up with that regret and yep. i just i felt like i had a message and i felt like i had a passion and i felt god calling me to do this and yep. so how do you fight that and so yep. that was just where i started i i just i jumped and said you know i'm going to figure this out and that's what I've been doing. So that was really it. And I also wanted to get more involved in my com- local communities. That was the other side is, you know, you work for a big multinational company, even though you're local, technically, right. you don't feel like you're local because right. everything you're working on is so it's so big and it's so worldwide. Right. And I just, there was a part of me that, you know, as I started to have kids and that started mm. to happen was I wanted to get more kind of yeah. locally involved. The other is, and part of what, again, is that value wheel is being very clear about my values right. and knowing that my dad was gone a, a high percentage of the time Okay, and wasn't involved in a lot of my activities and things. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I made that commitment that I wasn't going to do that to my kids, that I was, I was going to be around as much as I possibly could and try to kind of set my job and set the way I worked around that. Yeah, and entrepreneurialism certainly gives you that. Owning your own business gives you that ability to kind of adjust your schedule and show up for the ball game, you know, at three o'clock in the afternoon and be there for them or the gym rehearsal or whatever it might be. So, uh, when was that that you stepped out on that? Because you had the company for a number of years. Right, it was 25 years ago. Okay. This June. So. so, did you have any clients when you stepped into this thing? I had one client, and it was uh, someone in my. Well, I didn't know it at the time when I made the, the leap, but one, one client did, it was Joe Nemers. Okay. And it was, when I told him what I was going to do, he, he said, okay, I'll hire you. Okay. And he hired me for a project. And, and okay. then I had, you know, my, my boss at the time said, you know, I, I'm le- or he was my former boss and he had gone to another company. Mm-hmm. And so he hired me, <laughs> but not a lot, you know, and I, I have to say that's probably a part that I was naive and needed someone like you in my life around sales to yeah. say, yeah, this com- companies don't go anywhere until you sell. Yep. And if you don't master that first, 
Yep. It could be a bumpy road, especially if you're a solopreneur starting out. And how are you going to do that? How are you going to get that first sale? How are you going to get that first client? What's yeah. that going to look like? Yeah, you know, I've had many folks you know, go down that route, and they, they got out of the gate really great because all of a sudden there was an immediate network and people that knew them and then would hire them. But, you know, you're going to run out of that sooner or later. And then all of a sudden you hit the wall, and it's like, oh, boy, now what do I do, you know? And uh, it might another thing that you did, too, and that was having your spouse's blessing. I tell people all the time, they say, what kind of, Bob, what kind of wisdom? You know, I found and co-founded four companies and done this stuff. And I said, I got to tell you something. You can't burn a candle at both ends. You better have your spouse solidly with you because starting a business is hard. And getting involved and getting it started and all that stuff, it sounds, it's a great idea and it's a great dream, but it's a lot of work. And it's going to be different than your corporate life, you know. And so, uh, yeah. You know, you got to have them in the boat. And then also, to your point, which you have a lot of, Mike, is passion for what you do. Because right. that's going to get you through a lot of the bumpy pirate. So share with our audience, what is it, you know, what is on-track leadership and what is it you do? Well, first of all, let's ask this question here. What's the ideal target client for you? Yeah, the ideal target client for me is a company somewhere from 20 people to 200, maybe okay. 300 range. And they believe in their people. You know, they, they know that the success of their business relies on the ability for their managers to come in every day mm-hmm. and to guide people and to lead them and to inspire them. And so they have that sense of that. And so okay. that's really who we align with and who we work with are those companies. Again, they, they recognize that their, their success is based on that ability to lead well. And they'll invest. You know, one one thing here, too, I want to really kind of step in this pretty hard because you got this millennial generation coming up and at the lead end of that are starting to get into managers. And I know that was one thing you got, a, 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 you know, a passion for is new managers or managers that haven't been trained. So let's talk about that a little bit. Have you seen a tick up of that kind of thing and that kind of activity? Yes. And what really got me there was the, the pandemic. You know, mm. so you always look at, okay, what, when yeah. things that are... Uh, tough, like the pandemic gave me a lot of time to think because mm-hmm. you can guess you're, you're, we're both in the training industry. Right. That's one thing that in a pandemic, people are like, we're not, we have other things to worry about. Yeah, so right. <laughs> I, I had a little time to think about my business, who my yeah. target audience. And it used right. to be broader. It used to be, I, yeah. know, I will serve, I will work with any leader, any level, wherever. Yeah, right. And it just, it was not a clear message. And right. then I started to step back and ask myself a couple of questions. Who do I really like to work with? Right. And then secondly, who have I gotten the best results from? And mm. then third, what's my own personal experience? So, you know, my own personal experience was as an engineer, I did a good Mm -hmm. job. I worked really hard. And then you get promoted. You know, they're like, hey, great job. Now you're the manager. Hey, oh boy. Then I started to realize (laughs) I spent all this time and energy, eight years, uh, you know, training to be an engineer. I really have no idea how how to to be be a manager. manager. (laughs) And while it looks intuitive, it's not quite as intuitive as most people give it credit for. Well, that leads me to the next question. What problems do you help people solve then? With yep. the, the practice. Yeah. So the pretty specifically, especially when you're working with those, those new managers mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, I know a lot of people think that the human nature has changed with millennials. And I don't mm-hmm. think so. No. I think their, their tolerance of bad leadership has changed. Yeah. You know, they're not willing to tolerate it anymore. They, especially now when, you know, they have options and, you know, I have an article yeah. right here, the great resignation is really the great discontent. Yeah. Because they're not being they're not being well led and managed and inspired and that's that's how they want to come to work. And and I don't think that's a bad thing. And yep. especially now they have choices, it forces us all to be better. And it what does it force us to be better at? Well, one is 
delegating. You know, mm. so many managers really have just not really thought that through very well. And right. to really be able to delegate and delegate in a way that develops and grows someone. Right. And I think at the core of everything we do is recognizing that is it's the the combination of two things, a leader that wants to get results because mm-hmm. that's their responsibility to a company right. and that's why they're hired to be there, but also they have the people orientation as well. Yep. And it's the unique leader that focuses on those two things and the way they do it and that's why it's the that quadrant is called the developer. Yeah. And they recognize it, look, I have a team and my number one responsibility is to develop and grow and inspires this group of people to produce their best every day. Yep. And that's the leader that succeeds by research, by you know numerous studies that show that's the case. So yep. that's where we start is that development orientation. And then from there, things like delegation, being able to communicate, how to motivate people. What are they? We're all motivated by it differently. You so bet. a lot of times I have a group of say 20 people, I'll have them all write down what they're motivated by and then we'll share it. Yeah. And it's always so fascinating. It is fascinating. How many, it's just, wow. You know, everyone has their own reason for go- coming and doing their best. Well, you know, it's funny because you, everybody thinks uh, salespeople are motivated by money, but that's not the truth. That's not it at all. Uh, for a lot of them, yeah, the real high, you know, double IAs and all that, yeah, they're motivated. But there's a lot of them that are not motivated by money, you know. And uh, they have a servant's heart. You know, a lot of them, they have to be curious. You know, good salespeople have to be curious. They have to really be concerned about somebody, show empathy and sympathy and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and they're not just cutthroat, you know, it's all about the money. But, uh, yeah, so uh, what's unique about what you do? Because there's a lot of folks out there doing leadership, Mike. Yes, there are. And, and, and I, there's a, I read a lot of them. I love a lot of their work. There's so many people that research it and study it. And, Frank, there's a lot of people that have tremendous knowledge. Mm-hmm. The problem with leadership is not about knowledge. Yeah. It's about action. It's yeah. about application. And that's the hard point. You know, I often use, we're all familiar with this, and especially I am during the pandemic, because I noticed I gained a few pounds. Mm-hmm. And so I had to lose the few pounds that I gained, or I didn't have to, but I wanted to. Right. And so it's easy, right? I mean, it's, or the, it's not easy, it's simple. Yeah. Okay, eat less, yep. exercise more, <laughs> yeah, right. and eat better. You know, that's so simple in a way, but we don't right. have a billion-dollar, a billion multi-billion dollar industry right. if it's just that simple. The right. hard part is actually doing it, and yep. that's the same about leading. Yep. And so what we do differently is we recognize, one, how difficult it is, and start mm-hmm. to challenge motivations to say, look, if you're leading just to get the perks and the privileges, uh, it's not worth it. Yep. It's too hard. Leadership is a hard, difficult job. However, if you are interested in changing people's lives and watching people grow and achieving a mission that your company has set out to do, then leadership's probably for you. Yeah. So really get into those motives around that. And so we work to develop the whole person. You know, so what are their attitudes? What are their beliefs? How do they uh, have their own personal self-growth program? That's so we, we go at it much differently than the average one-day, two-day training program. Yeah, before we get, get, get out of time here, I, I got a couple of quick questions, and then you know we're going to have a roundtable conversation after this. But um, what words of wisdom would you have given to your younger self, given the, the, the trajectory you've been at? <laughs> well, I, I maybe it depends on probably what, what level. Maybe, and this might be anywhere, but it is get help. Yeah. And I, I think by nature, I don't, I don't have a really big trusting nature. And, and I don't know if that's from how I grew up or right. what happened, where that comes from. But I know that about myself. And I, I tried to do way too many things all by myself. 
Yeah. And even today, I mean, I still wrestle with that. And to say, yeah. you know, you and I were talking about earlier is to say, how do you find those people that that's in their strength zone? Yeah. And you let them go in their strength zone. And then you work to find as much of the things that you do in your strength zone. Yeah. And so, I mean, again, that's a lot of what we teach leaders is what, what are only the things you can do. Well said. Oh, funny and interesting about you. Funny and interesting. Yeah. I mean, this might be a little, I don't know if it's funny. It's certainly not funny, but it might be interesting. And it's, you know, we're, we're showing up at 9-11, 20 mm-hmm. years from that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, interesting, I was there doing a training in, in New York. I was six-tenths of a mile away from the World Trade Centers on that morning. And uh, I saw the best of human nature, and I saw the worst of human nature. Wow. And uh, I saw people that, I mean, were running toward those buildings. You know, obviously wow. somebody blew those buildings up, the right. worst. But there were people that, that were doing phenomenal things that day. And wow. I just saw a, a human nature, a spirit uh, in a wow. very extreme circumstances that's Man. really marked me. Folks, I can't believe how fast this is going today. Mike and I could have another hour here to talk about this. Hey, guys, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Mike Patterson and a special roundtable. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, Mike Patterson of On Track Leadership. You've been hearing some great stuff from him. We're going to roundtable subject. First of all, Mike's giving away something here today, so text me at 312-210-0603 with the keyword achiever. And Mike, what are you going to give? Bob, I'm going to give away five Achiever profiles. And these are profiles, if you've been listening to the interview earlier, I mentioned is, you know, understanding your strengths Mm -hmm. and understanding maybe where you have some areas that you need to shore up that are required in your job, that you can start to have an awareness and an an understanding of kind of how you're wired and what that looks like. So that, that profile really gives you a very good glimpse of yourself. It helps you create some self-awareness that you might not have and be able to be more productive. That is awesome. Well, we brainstormed on one of the breaks here as to what, well, what could we be talking about? And Mike brought it up, the fact that, you know, he's turned 60 and he's been reflecting on his life. And we both think of this because I, I turn uh, the young age of 74 here in another month. So um, we just thought about that. And we're both now thinking and reflecting a lot on generosity. So Mike, why don't you kick us off? What's your thoughts on generosity and particularly when it comes to work? So I guess, yeah, so when it comes to, to work, I mean, and I, again, you go to, uh, you know, in Matthew, where Jesus talks about, you know, one, loving your God, you know, mm-hmm. with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. But then he follows that right up with, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And so I'm often convicted by, okay, what would it be like if we all as Christians came to work every day with that sense of, I'm going to love my neighbor today. Right. And what does that look like? Who would I be serving? And and I know, you know, we talked about earlier having freedom. I've been able to do a lot of things. It would be a scoutmaster mm-hmm. where I feel like I could invest in young people's lives. My son, but even he moved on and I, I was still the scoutmaster <laughs> yeah, for a right. couple of years. But it's just, <laughs> you know, one of the scouts is going to be an Eagle Scout this you weekend. Bet. He's going to, a ceremony. Oh, and, God you know, bless you. I, and I was there, I watched him through his whole journey when he came right. into the troop. And, yep. you know, so it just, you know, you see those things. You've, I've been able to be involved in a lot of those things. But it's it's the simple thing sometimes, I think. It's finding someone that might be hurting. Right. And maybe find a, a, a 
kind word for them. And I think that's the beauty right now. And where Christians have always rallied is when there's a lot of pain. And I think people are unaware of how much pain there really is right now. We we don't know. Someone's at home. They're on Zoom. We don't know what's going on in that home. You bet. We don't know what – they're, what's going their kids are going through we don't know and so it's it's understanding that and it's it, maybe it is that that kind word and and I was convicted of that the other day I just after a presentation that a young person had given I just went up to her and said hey I just thought, thought you did a fantastic job this is a tough audience I thought you just nailed it and I didn't think much of it yeah but after that I got feedback from someone that happened to be standing next to her and she shared with me how much it meant to that person. Yeah. And it was one of those reflections like, oh my gosh, do I, how many have I missed? How many of those opportunities have I missed? You know, that, and not understanding the effect it can have on someone. Well, just like the Bible though, look at the effect Christ had on the whole world. Mm. You know, when you look at that and I I, I sit there and I watch, I watched, binge watched The Chosen, (laughs) the second second season. And I have to tell you, I I just was so enthralled. I mean, I don't binge watch anything, but boy, that one I was just captivated by. And and the, you know, the model that Christ made out of that thing, all the kind of things that the the challenges they faced were, or at least they depicted facing and all that stuff. And that's really when you think about the generosity of our time. I think when you look at that, and, and the biggest thing today is people not being understood. Uh, you ask any bartender, uh, beautician, or stylist, or barber, you know, the need to be understood, to be heard. Uh, and that's, uh, again, I think it's one of the most generous things you can do, particularly in the marketplace, in the workplace, is give of your time to somebody. Now, I'm not talking about wasting it and a lot of gossip and all that kind. I'm talking about genuinely, like you said, caring and asking, how you doing? You know, and going a little deeper with that. Praying for people. Right. One of the things I started doing, I used to pray for people. I'd walk away and I'd go pray for them. And then I stopped that because I learned from a guy that was a senior vice president over Motorola told me one day, he said he stopped that because everybody knew he was a Christian. And he started praying for people right then and there. And he told me, he says, you know, I, you know, globally, I was over everything. He said, you know, and they're all different backgrounds, all different, he said, nobody ever, ever said no. When you, when you actually started praying for somebody. So what a gift, huh? Right. And so there's, that to me is being generous. Generous spirit, giving back. And I think probably, Mike, we're reflecting on it a little bit more. I know I am in my age, you know, as to what, you know, what, what have I done? Well, how do you give back? And just how you lit, lit that young girl up. That's my passion for what I do, how I can light somebody up and they can achieve something they never even thought they could achieve. You know, and particularly, as you know, in sales, there's, there's measurements, <laughs> there's ones and zeros there. <laughs> of course. So what else? I, I think there's other areas, even as we go into our communities. So like, mm. like we just, we've been blessed, both mm. of us, really yep. right, with great training, great mentors, mm-hmm. environments that have been enriching, and not everybody has that. Right. And so it's where can we serve those people? I, one thing after the pandemic is... I was just doing workshops and doing them on Zoom and just putting them out there and just inviting people. And I had people that showed up from everywhere. I had a a leader in Uganda that showed up on one of my, on one of the sessions. But the the irony was he probably lit the place up out of everyone. We had all these leaders and, you know, we'd all, and it's like, okay, what are we going through? What are, what's challenging right now? And, Mm -hmm. you know, we'd all this pandemic, we're in our houses, our very nice houses with, you know, all the, uh, you know, food and warmth and everything. And he says, um, right now, my big problem, he goes, the pandemic may come here. I don't know. But right now, my village is starving. Wow. And, you, wow. and it was just, you could hear, uh, kind of just your reaction was that right. everyone's like, oh, 
Yeah, maybe things aren't so bad, but it's just, you know, today's world, yeah. we have an opportunity maybe to share our gifts and share those things in a way that maybe we haven't in, in any other time. Yep. And also at the stage of life, who are we mentoring? Who are we, you know, pulling aside and saying, you know, I'd love to talk to you more about, you know, what you're doing, what you're thinking. And, and again, you forget, I think most of us are humble. Mm-hmm. So we don't realize the impact we can make on someone. Yeah. But flip that around. And that's why I always right. ask, you know, go back 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. If if a leader or someone that you admired or just had a position of authority pulled you aside and said, I'd, I'd like to buy you lunch yeah. and learn about you. Yeah. I mean, that would mean that, that would have meant everything. Oh, my goodness. And, and I so, had I had those guys. I believe me. I, I was very, very blessed. And uh, like you, uh, I fall back. I think about those things as to what's my style, what do I do, and how, how do I lead? How how do I mirror that? And since come, becoming a Christian, it become even more profound because now I got the book. I got the example, the living example of that in uh, in uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. And and you know, it doesn't get any better than that, buddy. <laughs> He's the one that set the example, Mike. Right. And, and, and I think just the sheer definition of generosity. Okay. As we've talked a little bit back and forth here, you know, generosity isn't just about money. And I think oftentimes we put it in those terms, particularly in Western society, it's money. You know, you got to throw money at something. It's really time. You know, and I think uh, <clears throat> Zig Ziglar said it best. He says, do you know how you spell love? T-I-M-E. And he was right. And there was a great Christian too. Yeah, by the way. Well, he was, boy, talk about a, a Christian on fire <laughs> oh, and, a, and oh, a, just man. a great communicator. Oh. And you know, I, you were probably at the same range when we were raising our kids at oh, quality time and yeah, all yeah, those yeah. things. But right. you know, challenged is like you know, kids don't really care about quality. They they want your time. They want you there. You I bet. remember hearing Mike Singletary talk about this. They don't care I'm a Hall of Fame football player. He goes, they want me there with yeah, them and, and hanging out. And I thought about that. Did I really care if my dad was successful or right. had money? Or No, I want him to take me fishing. I want him to play catch. I wanted the time just that we hung out. And you know, so it is. It, and well, recognizing that, you know, even our adult children now, how are we investing in them differently? And they still it. need us. And in, grandchildren, in, in, too. In, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I'm not, I don't have any yet, but yeah, you're, you're I look forward get there, to that day. You know. I can't believe we're out of time, Mike. Unbelievable. Let's say get out there, Texas, 312-210-0603. One last time here with the keyword achiever. And Mike has got five of these achiever assessments that he's going to give away. Uh, and I got to tell you, it will be it will be absolutely invaluable to you to take this. Hey, listen, we're going to be back here next Saturday at noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. I hope you come back and join us for another round of Faith Marketplace. Get out there and check out our website, faithmarketplace.com. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.